Welcome to the actor and the actuary, as we two guys in opposite states talk about our careers, our lives in completely two different worlds, as we try to figure out what the heck's going on, who we are, what we're doing, and if it means something. Jeff, how's it going? Hey, how's it going? Good. Yeah, it's good. All going well. Oh, good, good. Same here. I've got two questions for you, though. Oh, first of all, you know this is coming. What you drinking? Oh, yes. What are you drinking? What are you drinking? What are you drinking? I am drinking. A, it's called a David James Cabernet. <laughs> wow, I could not have guessed that. A cab, really? Is it a, yeah. is it a Sav cab? Uh, yeah, Cabernet Sauvignon. Yeah, it is a David James. David James. David James Cab Sab. Okay. All right. Well, what are you what are you drinking there, kind sir? Well, let me tell you. Um, there is a Caribbean island um that is so secret. It's shrouded in mystery. Um, I would challenge anyone here to try to find out what Caribbean island I'm talking about. Um, but they have a uh, a special drink. Um, and you know what they call it? No. They call it the rum splash. <laughs> what is that like? A, a splash of authentic Caribbean rum in authentic Caribbean water. So it's very tasty. Um, and it can't, it really can't be imitated. It is a secret to, again, I mean, if if you, I think even if you Google it, you're not going to find out what secret Caribbean island this is unless uh-huh. the secret's gotten out. So I don't um, think the secret's out. You might be the <laughs> keeper of the said secret. Well, I mean, if anyone's taken a trip to this Caribbean island, they may have heard of it. But um, is that a tall? Uh, is that a tall to like a tall water with a splash of rum? <laughs> well, no, it's a it's a it's a rum splash. I just, you, you had to, you had to be there to, to understand, you know, Oh, I'm here and I still don't. <laughs> well, you know what? Um, maybe, maybe, uh, your family and my family, maybe we can all, I'll go to the, um, unnameable Caribbean Island together. Mm. Jeff, we've got some mail in the mailbox here. Ooh. Yeah. We've got one coming in from the delivery driver, the delivery driver. Oh, all that's right. right. Yeah, so delivery driver, first time checking in. This moniker is officially yours. Uh, now, this person is writing in and saying, now that we know about Aaron's job, will we be learning about Jeff's job and how one becomes qualified to be an actor? And then Jeff, he, he kind of want he wants to interview you. He's got a series of questions here. Oh, um, gosh. Who's the most famous actor you've met while in Hollywood? Why was there never a midnight showing of Happy Feet? When will you be playing a Marvel character? Because nowadays, if you haven't played a Marvel character, are you really even an actor? So oh, shots fired there, I think. Shots fired. Answer number one, uh, Tom Hanks. Met him at a uh, LA Kings game, shook his hand. Um, he commented on how I was supporting the Girl Scout cookies, and he liked that because I had just bought in a box of Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> Obviously, the Samoas. Uh, happy feet. Why wasn't there a midnight showing? Probably because we were both asleep. And here's the reality is we need to still put that on the calendar whenever you're in California. Let's get a little happy feet going. And number three, Marvel. Let's call them. Let's get them on the line, and let's say now is the time. Let's get this ginger kid in there. It's, it's gotta happen soon. Your move delivery driver. Fantastic. Um, okay. So that takes care of the first question. The second question I want to ask you 
Are you familiar with salt and pepper? Salt and pepper. Salt and pepper. Yes. You are? Yeah, I, I, I put it on my food. No, no, not salt and pepper. Salt and pepper. <laughs> Just thought you were trying to be cool. <laughs> That's how you say it, I'm pretty sure. Pepper. Well, you know, one of their most famous songs, and um, I'm going to be blunt with you here, the only song that I know of theirs. <clears throat> Let me tell you some of the lyrics right now. Go. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. So let's talk about sex, Jeff. You got it. You got it, baby. All right. So here's what I want to know. Obviously, you know, there, this is one of a million songs about sex. So Uh, question uh, for you. Yes. Um, Sex Mm -hmm. is the importance of it overstated or understated in culture. Ooh, um understated mixed with (laughs) (laughs) don't say overstated (laughs) well it's like overstated lies understated truth interesting so misstated sounds like what is what it is a hundred percent misstated okay well now we talk about sex on the radio and video shows many will know anything goes it's more salt and pepper, in case you were wondering. <laughs> <I> figured. <laughs> it's too clever to come up just on the spot like that. Hey, you know what? Actuaries are clever too. Um, all right. So what do you mean misstated? Uh, you know, the the cultural norm is um, have sex and you're cool when you're young. Um, and uh, purity or saving yourself is like not cool. And so culturally, culturally, we misstate what is, I think, good advice. Um, and we mix it with what would be cool, which is not usually good advice. So what do you think? Like, you know, try to put yourself in your, um, I don't know, 15-year-old <laughs> shoes. Uh, what do you think is the message that you heard about sex like what is sex what is the purpose of it what is it well you heard you hear two you hear two messages right you hear the the health class slash parent slash church facts and you hear the cool kid school high school friend tips which just you know contradict each other Yeah. So which one were you more inclined to believe or did you like, were you just kind of torn internally? Uh, In high school? No, I wasn't torn. I actually believed, um, I believed the, probably the minority viewpoint, which was uh, sex is not something to engage in, you know, at that stage of your life, uh, that young (laughs) stage of your life. And I was in tune with, I think the kind of Christian perspective or familial perspective that I was raised in to, you know, wait or not have sex. I, I think I kind of felt I, well, no, I definitely felt the same way. And I'm, I'm curious, like for me, I think that that impacted even the view that I have of it today mm-hmm. and that I had, you know, of it, even after I was married, did, did that, were you impacted by that at all later on in life? Um, no, I, I, unfortunately I feel like my viewpoints, um, got clouded and, and changed and morphed over time. I think that's a little bit what like peer pressure or trying to conform to be 
cool is or what have you. And like in high school, I, I didn't feel like I had a whole lot of friends. I didn't have that kind of group that was the cool group to be a part of, or tried to like make my way into that cool group to where I felt like I had to make a, a statement like, well, I, I want to have sex because I want to be cool. I didn't feel like I was part of that group. I feel like though in college, the conversation became more easygoing. And so the conversation was a little bit um, less jarring. And so I think my perspective or viewpoint on sex got a little jaded, got a little morphed um, to where it seemed easier to just kind of agree with people. And I think my opinion in itself kind of got morphed throughout college a little bit. That's interesting. So like you just, you know, since I know some people listening may not know this, but we went to public school together, you know, mm-hmm. in, in high school. Um, and you're saying you had this kind of viewpoint of uh, more of the purity culture of, you know, wait, wait for, wait for marriage. And then when you went to college, a private actually, Christian college, you, yes, you attended a private Christian college and your viewpoint started to trend more in the other direction. Yeah. How, yeah. Why, why do you think that I, is? That is actually, that's, uh, it's interesting. I, I, I don't know. Maybe when you, kind of go through puberty and grow more. I was a late bloomer. I was always a late bloomer, you know, in every stage of life. And I was definitely more open to the conversation of like, well, what, like, what does it mean? Why does it matter? That kind of thing. But I mean, what, what about you? So you, you obviously, um, you know, you said you had a similar viewpoint. We went to the same high school. Um, and then you went to the university of Minnesota, very huge public, you know, state college, um, Yep. So what was that for you? You know, I remember um, telling people that it was in some ways uh, easier to maintain like the the views and the faith that I had to some extent um, being there than I felt that it would be at more of a, of a private Christian school because going with the grain is much more stark. Like it's, it's a much greater difference than, um, you know, at maybe a, a private school. So like if I just kind of went with what everybody else was doing, that'd be a much larger departure from where I was coming into it. And so it was like, in a way it was an easier choice to make, to go against the grain. Um, and so I, what I found is that at the University of Minnesota, with being that there were so many people, it was very easy to find a group of people that had similar views to you coming into college. And so it was easy to go, you know, maybe against the grain of um, a vast majority of people, but you'd still have a lot of people that had this similar viewpoint um, and was alongside you in that. So I would say that for me going to college, it was not very different than going to high school. Also, um, I could never get a girlfriend in college. So, (laughs) so there's that. I mean, yeah, so uh, the conversation, it's, it's interesting. It changes for sure. I mean, there's outsiding factors. Your, your school is drastically different than my school was not only in just, you know, you're talking about statistics and being an actuary, you had so many more people at your school than I did. So you're mm-hmm. just looking at a, a different ratio. Um, you're also at our school. I, I remember it being like three girls to one or something was, Oh yeah. It's good. Uh, ratio. You know, Bethel. <laughs> it's a good ratio. Um, so I don't know. There was just, 
there was a lot of like girls that beautiful girls that you just like were mm-hmm. uh wanted to talk to and it just kind of opened up the curiosity and conversation and um do you, do you remember the first girl you had a crush on at at in college uh yeah yeah i do i mean first like real real crush which is interesting because she ended up coming becoming one of my best friends was her name was courtney um and uh you know i was so good at being friends i I didn't really know how to be like the boyfriend so i I could make a lot of girls be really good friends with me but i didn't know how to transition out of friendship and i think a lot of times i kind of got stuck there and yeah i was i was definitely a friend zone kind of guy um but yeah, no, that was both. for sure, for sure, my my first uh, serious crush freshman year. Mm. Yep, yep, you and me both. Um, since I, I was a couple of years older than you, I don't know if you you know tried to take anything from me in high school, but if you did, you probably took that friend zone thing from me. So sorry <laughs> about that. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, that was also good. I, I felt like I was kind to to girls, you know. And I felt like a lot of girls liked being friends with me. I just didn't know how to like transition into dating from there. That was, that was a struggle for me. So I kind of like lived in between this, like, are we friends or are we like, are we more than friends? Or are we making out now? Are, what does that mean? You know, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. Uh, but the ones that I like generally really liked didn't even, you know, really kiss those girls. Those, those are the ones that just became like best friends. Oh, that's not and, and like, no, and had some really, really good girl friends through college for sure. I definitely, mm-hmm. you know, made mistakes and kind of like ruining some of those friendships for sure. Um, but you kind of live and learn through those, those moments in college. It's kind of what it's all about. So now that you're on the other side, you happily married with a beautiful daughter, what is the point of sex? There is, there is such a beautiful aspect that I think so many people will miss. Um, even if you're married, I think some people will miss it. And it took me years and years and <laughs> mistakes and confusion and, uh, you know, a mismarriage and all kinds of things to, to figure out the depth and beauty of sex. And I think, um, you know, there's something truly important about loving your wife, your spouse and, um, I think it's intentionality. It's being present. It's being honest and loving. And, um, there's just a drastic difference between, I think what you can understand it to be in culture versus what you can really figure out. It means with your spouse, um, in a very honoring and and faithful marriage. What about you? I think in my understanding of, of sex, you know, the first, 30 some years of my life, including after being married for a little while, it was a completely selfish thing to me. Like, mm. what do I get out of it? Um, you know, what's the, mm. what's the pleasure that I get out of it? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the, you know, one of the things that I've learned is just how it really can, um, it can strengthen your relationship. It can strengthen your marriage. And it's about loving that other person and being there for that other person. And it's, you know, it's not about me. It's not about, um, it's not about the, the pleasure that I experience, you know, which mm-hmm. I, I think that that is, as I see it portrayed in music and movies, you know, whatever, that's usually what it is. It focuses on your own personal pleasure and, 
you're missing the beauty of it. You're missing the opportunity of it if that's what you're focusing on. Yeah. And that is what is completely um, misstated. Yeah. And the, the weird thing is, you know, we, we talked about those two opposing viewpoints you said at the beginning um, of what you might hear in you know, in, in culture and then my, what you might hear from a religious or a Christian aspect. And I think they both perpetuate that. Uh-huh. They, both, they both perpetuate that it's about you. And it's like, well, yeah, well, you know, like from a, from a Christian aspect, okay, sure. Yeah. You know what? Sex is fun and it's going to be good, but you can't do it. You, you shouldn't, you need yeah, to restrain yeah, yourself yeah, because, yeah. you yes. know, and, and like, I think that that kind of messed up my viewpoint a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, that's exactly right. You, you know, you it's like a almost in an argument about why you should wait as opposed to like talking about the beauty of waiting. You know, a friend once said like your wife or your, you know, you can say this about anybody, your spouse deserves so much from you. And waiting is an honoring thing that you can give to your future spouse. And it's like a gift. And I think a lot of times that whole, like you need to wait because blah, it's, it's done so in a way that is hurtful and is like, well, I don't want to listen to that. Like you want to almost kind of react against it instead of there's just no, there's no middle line conversation. You know, um, I, I was just reminded, I don't know how this jumped into my mind, but I feel like we need to, um, we need to let our listeners know, um, how we helped each other, um, on our wedding days, um, prepare for sex (laughs) with, um, you know, the, uh, the package, the sex, the package. Pun pun pun. That's aptly worded. Yes, um, I was going to go with the sex tub, but yes. <laughs> that sound. You just gave so many different images for people. Uh, for some, I don't know how this started. I mean, it started with our friend Ben that we did it for, but uh, but yeah, there was somehow a tradition that we, uh, for a wedding gift, we gave the others in our friend group a big tub of random stuff a lot of it uh sex related mm-hmm. <laughs> not exactly sure what it is but i do know that i'm pretty sure from you um i, I do remember receiving a kama sutra book um uh i think some sex scratch-offs um i think some some underwear um <laughs> Uh-huh. A whole lot of stuff. So anyway, I, I don't know if I ever thank you for that. So oh, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I mean, really, like how kind of stupid we were, like yeah. kind of cheapening it to some extent, right? Yeah. Like not appreciating the value of it, and um, yeah, it was like a infantile viewpoint, I guess, or something. Yeah, oh, you for know? Sure. yeah, yeah. Definitely. Like, uh, I remember thinking, like, oh yeah, you know, I I wish I could be the one, you know, using all this stuff, <laughs> and like that was, I think that was sort of the sort of the reason behind all of that. Yeah. And I think this sums it all up. Here's a quote from coach Carr in mean girls. <laughs> Don't have sex because you will get pregnant and die. Don't have sex in the missionary position. Don't have sex standing up. Just don't do it. Okay. Promise. Okay. Now everybody take some rubbers. <laughs> that is a great movie, by the way. That's <laughs> so good. <laughs> Oh man, that is one of my favorites. And uh, the first time I saw it, by the way, was at um, the University of Minnesota. So you can Ooh. calculate my my age there based on that. 
Wow. I was actually, so I'm writing this script right now and I was actually looking up like, cause it's kind of a faith-based script and I was looking up at uh, Christian actresses um, and uh, the girl who plays Gretchen Wieners is like a massive believer. Oh yeah. Yeah. So isn't she in um, that movie that you liked? <laughs> a a watch to remember. No, she's not. What? <laughs> who does she play? That's Mandy Moore. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know actors. It's up for you. You're the only actor I know. Mandy Moore and Gretchen Wieners. Uh, uh, I don't know. She, her dad invented toaster strudels. I don't know. <laughs> oh, we've seen that so many times. Uh, so many times. Um. Anyway, I I I, I guess I want to just kind of wrap it up. No pun 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 well yeah i mean that you know that's good advice too thanks for that um i just wish there was a more of a, a conversation on you know you really should wait because it's gonna benefit the two of you whoever the two of you in the future are like it's such a um, a selfless act that you can be patient for in the in the now um and i think it's it's constantly throwing down people's throat in like a negative way and it's it's something that uh is worth waiting for let's leave it at that uh i'm, I'm jeff the actor and this is aaron the actuary good night and god bless <laughs>